There was once an article written on the life of Albert Einstein. Within the article, there's a quote by Einstein, and he talks about why he does not practice organized religion, even though he believes in God, or at least a higher power and creator. And I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but he says the reason why he doesn't practice organized religion, he says that he studies science and he sees the intricate design within creation. And then he sees the God that is preached behind many pulpits. And he said that God that is preached behind those pulpits is too small to create such intricate creation. John Piper responded to that article and he said, Away with the idea that in my ministry I would preach a low view of God. Friends, I hope that our lives will reflect a high view of God. That nobody can walk away from a conversation with us and say that person believes in a small God, a weak God, a lame God. That God that that person is saying is weak, is small. May that never be said of us. So I came up with a list of 33 of God's attributes that I pulled from scripture. And I'm going to list them off to you and also give a verse to back it up. Starting with God being the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. Revelation 1.8 says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. The second one is a seity. This is a trippy one to understand. A seity is a theological term which simply means to have life in yourself. If I were to claim that I have a seity, then I would say that I have life or I am self-sufficient and self-existent. And this is what's known as an incommunicable attribute, which means God does not share this attribute with other people. But God is holy. He's set apart from his creation and that he is the only one who can say he has a seity. You'll see a lot more down the line of incommunicable attributes. The contrary would be communicable attribute. I'll point out one of those when we get to it. But a seity, John 5.26 says, For just as the Father has life in himself, even so he gave to the Son also to have life in himself. Creator, this again is an incommunicable attribute. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. That is a crazy statement. Think about it. We can try very hard and you can never create. But God, God can create and he did. That is insane. He is eternal. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. That's Psalm 93, 2. God has foreknowledge. God knows by his foreknowledge how he is going to providentially work in the future. The Bible says he declares the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, things which have not been done, saying, My purpose will be established and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. Friends, once again, this is a big God we serve. He is the forgiver of sins. 1 John 1, 9 to 10 says, If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just, or faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. God is a forgiving God. 
He's the giver of life. Romans eleven thirty six says, For of him and through him and to him are all things. He is beyond glorious. Exodus thirty three twenty says, You cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. Psalm nineteen one says that the heavens declare his glory, and the firmament shows his handiwork. He's gracious. Paul asks in Second Corinthians twelve verses eight through nine for the removal of this thorn in his flesh. And God's response to Paul is Paul. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Then Paul went on to say, Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. God is holy. We're told in First Peter and really all throughout Leviticus, Be holy, for I am holy. God is separate. God is other. Isaiah had that vision of Jesus on his throne. We know it's Jesus because Jesus said it was him in, in the book of John. But Isaiah sees this v- glorious vision of Yahweh, high and lifted up. And there's seraphim flying around him. And there's seraphim flying around the Lord, proclaiming the words. Do you remember what they are? Holy, holy, holy. This is one that I can stop and talk about forever. God is unsearchable. He's other. Romans eleven thirty three, Paul talks about how unsearchable are your judgments. Who can give him counsel? No one. God is unlike everything we know. You know, back to when the seraphim said, holy, 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 in the Hebrew literature, what they would do to emphasize a point, much like we, when we When we want to emphasize a point, we put an exclamation mark. When someone writes holy exclamation mark, we can read it and go holy. But in the Hebrew writings, instead of putting an exclamation mark, they did something a little different. They would re-say a point. And this is seen all throughout scripture when Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you. He means listen up. Matthew 7, Jesus says, many will come to me on that day saying, Lord, Lord. I know the New Testament is Greek. But that aspect in the Greek language is very similar to that of the Hebrew, how they would re-say something to emphasize a point. R.C. Sproul pointed out that nothing in Scripture is ever elevated to the third degree. Besides, right here in Isaiah 6, when the seraphim say, Holy, 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 displaying that who they were talking about is very, very, very holy. That, my friends, is a holy God we serve. We're getting a little sidetracked here, but... I love how it goes on to say, and the posts of the temple began to shake. R.C. Sproul also said about that part, God is so holy, inanimate objects like the posts have enough sense to shake in the presence of God. That is good. Very true. I guess I just got to make another podcast on the holiness of God in the future. In the meantime, go read R.C. Sproul's book. Go listen to his sermons. Paul Washer has a great one on the holiness of God. It's just called the holiness of God. But moving on, mutability. God is immutable. He does not change. Malachi 3.6 says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. That's straight up. Don't need to add to that. Not going to question it. God is infinite. There is no limit to God, no limit to his attributes. They are all eternal and endless. 1 Kings 8.27 says, But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot 
contain you. God is a jealous God. We hear the word jealous and we think it's not okay for us to be jealous. Why is it okay for God to be jealous? There's a difference between us being jealous and when God is jealous. The difference is we don't deserve the thing we're jealous for, but God does. God is perfectly righteous in his jealousy. Exodus 34, 14 says, For you shall not worship any other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. God is a judge, Psalm 9, 8 says, and he will judge the world in righteousness. God is light. Jesus says in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world, and he who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He is Lord, Kurios, Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. God demands that we are his doulos slave because he is Kurios, our Lord. I was talking about how God was a judge a little bit before. There's also something further. God is a just judge. God is a just judge. God. Psalm 5, 5 verses 5 through 6 says, the boastful shall not stand in your sight. You hate all workers of iniquity. Notice it doesn't say you hate iniquity, which God does, but he hates the worker of iniquity. You shall destroy those who speak falsehood. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. God is king. In fact, he is king of kings. Revelation 19, 16 says, And he has on his robe, talking about Jesus, on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. God is love. God doesn't just do loving things, but rather he is love. 1 John 4, 8, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And like I was talking about earlier, about the incommunicable attribute, the next one, merciful, is a communicable attribute. We can be merciful to people. We can show partiality towards others. Definitely not on the same level as God. Our mercies are not new every morning. So understand that even the communicable attributes of God have a sense of incommunicability, if that's a word, to them. Because we cannot perfectly display what it means to be mercy or to be merciful. Because there are times when we are not, but God is never not merciful to his people. Lamentations 3, 22 through 23 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, and his mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord. Wow. God is omnipotent. Omnipotent simply means all-powerful. Revelation 19.6 says, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. God is all-powerful. Back to that whole idea of God being a big God. Let this be known. God is all-powerful. Unless we're talking about something that contradicts the holy character of God, such as sin, it is bad theology to say the phrase, God cannot do fill in the blank. Adding on to omnipotent, God is omnipresent. Psalm 139, verses 7 through 8, the psalmist says, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascended into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. 
Friends, you cannot escape the omnipresence of God. God is omniscient. He knows all things. Psalm 147 verse 5 says, Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. God is the receiver of worship. Psalms 150 verse 6 says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And then remember that repetition thing in Hebrew. It says again, praise the Lord. Let me read that again. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There is a point the psalmist wants you to understand. Praise the Lord. God is our Redeemer. 1 Peter 2.24 says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. God is a rock. That does not mean God is a literal rock, but it means he's a firm foundation. He is something that shall not be moved. Kind of goes along with his immutability. But Psalm 18.2 says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress. And my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. God is your defender. Friends, God is your defender. God is a shepherd. Psalm 23, 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That verse gets so overlooked. So often we hear Psalm 23 recited and it falls flat. Because we think in our minds, I already know what it says. I don't need to listen. But listen, listen up. I'm going to say it again. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You know what that's saying? Be satisfied in God. When you sin, it's like you're saying to God, you might be my shepherd, but I still want outside of you. God is sovereign. He is the ruler. He is the king. He is the sustainer of all things. Psalm 103 verse 19 says, The Lord has established his throne in the heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. All. You know what that word means? It means all. Someone once brilliantly said, There is not a square inch in the universe which Christ does not cry, Mine. We're almost done here. God is transcendent. Isaiah 55 verses 8 through 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God is transcendent. Simply means he is outside. For analogy, I know it falls short. We are inside of a house. Imagine the whole world is inside of a house. God is outside the house and his ways, his sovereign plan is beyond understanding. God is outside. God is completely other. goes along with his holiness. He is transcendent, transcends time, transcends everything we know. God is truthful. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and he will not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? So many of these we think to be good attributes. And then we hear one of them. And this one kind of makes us stumble for a little bit. The next one that I'm about to read. Because God is just and because God 
is a judge, and because he is holy, and because he is righteous, and even good, and even love, this one must exist. God is a God of wrath. Ephesians 5, verses 5 through 6 says, For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, no covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. God will punish those who are not in Christ. God's wrath abides on those who are not in Christ. One that goes along with his holiness. If you want to get the personal name for God, the covenant-keeping name for God will be Yahweh. I am. And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. What does that mean? I am, yes. Yes, God is. A.W. Tozer said everything that God is and all that he is, he is in himself. There you have it. The eternal triune God who does not change, who is holy, who is love, who is not just loving, but is love, who is good, wrathful, a just judge, a shepherd, sovereign, the rock, redeemer, the receiver of worship, our righteousness. He is omniscient, the one who is omnipresent, the one who is omnipotent, the one who is merciful, love, the king of kings, the one whom we do not make Lord, but is Lord, is the God whom I proclaim to you. This is the God, the big God. If there's one more thing that I want you to understand, listen up, we're coming to a close God is unsearchable, but knowable. And this was made possible through the person and work of Jesus Christ. So many of these attributes are the scariest thing in the world if you are not in Christ. Listen, God is good. He must punish sin. And like we saw in Psalm 5.5, not just sin, but the sinner. God is faithful. That means he's faithful to his word when he says he will punish sin. But listen, if you are in Christ, all these attributes are delightful. Because you can read the same attribute that God is faithful. And just as that means he will be faithful to his word to punish the sinner, that means he will be faithful to his word when he says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. There's no losing your salvation, friends. Go out and share the attributes of God. Proclaim the attributes of God until the world walks away from the conversation that you have with it, saying to you that God whom you proclaim is a big God.